Thanks for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. I don't know about you, but I tend to give up on my resolutions quite quickly. I sort of get, get to about two days into January. Um, I'm not going to drink for January. I'm not going to drink for January. And by the 2nd of January, that half-open bottle of port from Christmas gets an extra drink from it. You know? So like, I, I do tend to sort of be fairly fickle with my resolutions. Uh, but last year, I decided that um, what I was going to do was I was actually going to uh, read the Bible in a year. And, and I did it. And I was really proud about this. Like, I shouldn't be, but I was really proud about it. But I actually saw it through. There was one point in the year where it looked a little bit like I wasn't going to make it because I was 40 days behind schedule. But by a process of not speaking to anybody for about a month, I literally just read the Bible solidly. I got, I got there in the end. And I have to say, it was a really good experience for me to do that. And I, I really actually genuinely got a lot out of it spiritually. I felt like I grew in God a lot. And so just encouraging, maybe that's something that you could think about. I've actually now decided that I'm going to do the Bible in two years because I felt I needed a bit more kind of just, I want to get a bit more depth to it. Um, And so there are different plans available. Um, But anyway, so I used this plan on an app on my phone and I was expecting by the end of it that I was going to get like, you know, like fake streamers rolling down the page and like, well done, you did it, you made it, you got there. And I literally got this like message that said, you've completed the plan. And I said, this is just not fair. I wanted them to celebrate with me. Um, And they didn't, which was a bit annoying. But look, I think actually for all of us, we do make resolutions. And resolutions are actually important. And and it got me thinking, why do we make resolutions? Well, we make resolutions because we often at Christmas time, we, we take a break from work. We have some time to just digest how our life is going. And we think about where we need to maybe make some course alterations, the things that are going well and the things that aren't going so well. Um, in, in, I used to be a teacher, so the, the classic terminology in school is what went well and even better if. And I think we kind of do that with life. You know, we get to Christmas and we go, what went well in 2019? And this would be even better if I did this next year. Um, and there are three areas I'd say that if, if you, maybe you don't do this, but I would say it's actually quite important. I think there are three areas you can evaluate how you're doing on as a Christian. You can evaluate how you're doing emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Actually, those three things are really important for our growth as individuals and, and, our, and our kind of ongoing health as people. You know, we want to make sure that we're doing well physically. We want to make sure we're doing well emotionally. And also, we want to do well spiritually. And so, actually, we tend to kind of make those kind of course alterations in our lives depending on those three things. And I thought, well, at the start of 2020, wouldn't it be good if we thought about a little bit about who we are as a church. So rather than just doing it as individuals, let's do that as a church. Let's think about what God's got for us, sorry, what God's got for us over the year ahead. Um, but also, you know, are there, are there things that we want to maybe make some sort of small shifts or adjustments to as we start this new year together? And I thought the best material I could share with you on this would be the material that I've been using for people who have started to join the church. So um, you might have done the classic vision and values course with with Richard and my dad. Um, But in uh, April 2019, anybody who started to come along to church, I started to do this thing called Next Steps With. And so what I thought we could do is we could do Next Steps together as a whole church throughout the course of January... Um, and that way, that if you maybe you're new to the church and you're not a member here, that way you hear all the material on a Sunday morning and everybody else gets to hear it too. 
for the reasons that I've just said. And then at the end of January, if you're interested in becoming a church member, I'm going to give you some ways that you can do that. So for the next three weeks, you're going to have to part with my monotonous tone um, as we go through this material together. Um, but I just genuinely feel that this is will hopefully set us off on a good course for the year ahead. I'm not, I'm not doing this... Uh, just because I want to find three weeks to fill. I'm doing this because I think this is really essential for us as a church community, that we know who we are and where we're going uh, together. So this week, we're going to look at this whole idea about who we are as a church. Um, and the first thing I'd say on this is, is this, that, look, everybody, um, everybody as humans, we'll have many things that are in common with one another. You can meet somebody and you can probably find at least one thing in common with them. Nevertheless, everybody is also unique. We're all unique. We each have different personalities, we have different temperaments, we have different histories, talents, giftings, and we also have different destinies as well. Life gets very frustrating when you try and be like somebody else. It does. And, and actually, can I just, maybe there's a few people today, maybe this is a response thing for some of you today, maybe you need to be released from trying to be like somebody else, okay? Because you're not called to be somebody else, you're called to be who God's made you to be. You see, we do best, we feel most fulfilled when we discover who God created and called us to be. And then we live out our lives as that, with that as our primary focus. We do best when we know who we are in God and we live out our lives accordingly. Here's a quote for you. Everybody is somebody, nobody is everybody. Okay? Everybody is somebody, nobody is everybody. You can't be everybody. So maybe you've been rushing around trying to be everybody to somebody, you, you know, in your workplace. You're trying to do all the jobs. You're trying to actually uh, manage everything all the time. Actually, you're called just to do what God's called you to do, what God's given you talent for. And whilst this is true of us as individuals, it's also true for churches as well. And we need to recognise that actually God has given Gateway Church a different unique personality to other churches in Ashford. We love other churches in Ashford. We uh, regularly uh, meet with other church leaders from Ashford, and we believe that God is doing a great thing in Ashford. But we want to try and reach as many people for Jesus as possible. And actually, to do that, you need to create as many different ways for people to meet with God as possible, and different environments where people feel like they can settle and grow. And so we are unique. Just as Vineyard are unique, just as Station Road are unique and Willsboro are unique, we've got a unique calling that God's given us as a community. See, God wants us to do church in a way that he's called us to do church. So that leads to this important question, well, what has God called Gateway to do? And for, this, for the last couple of years, we've had this as our vision statement. Can we pop it up? Is that all right? This, is our, this has been our vision statement, to grow a family of believers who are passionate about loving God and his presence, that are secure in their identity as his sons and daughters, and are filled with the Holy Spirit, each one partnering with Jesus daily and extending his kingdom. If I'm honest, I can't remember that um, unless I, I, I read it through. I don't know about you, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, and so, actually, I'm going I'm to, as I said, we're making some small course adjustments so we're going to, we are keeping this statement, but we're going to be keeping it as our mission statement. And I'm going to go through it a bit more in a minute. But also, I'm going to, as I'm going to talk about later on, we're actually going to have a new vision statement together as a church, one that I'm hoping that you'll be able to remember. Because I think it's really important that you can remember what our vision is. Okay, so this is a really important statement. Let me tell you why this is a really important statement first before I get onto the, the, the amended vision statement. Well, look, this is really important, and it's important that we keep hold of this as a church because this communicates a lot about our heart. Okay, let me just pull out a couple of things from this statement. First of all, family. 
We really believe in family as a church. We believe that we are called together for community. You know, God made you for community. God made Adam, didn't he, in the garden? And then he made Eve to dwell with him because he knew that they needed community with one another and with God. They were made for community. You are made for community. Maybe this is the first time you've been at church in a while. Maybe, maybe actually there's been part of your head that kind of tells you that it would be better if you'd be better off as a Christian if you didn't bother coming to church. You just did life on your own as a Christian. Well, actually, we're called to do community with one another, to grow together as, as the people of God. We're not called to be individual Christians. So we believe in family, and we place a high value on family. So we place a high value on children and youth as a church. If you went through our budget, you would see that the amount of money that we allot to those budget areas is higher than other areas because we believe in the value of family. We believe in the value of um, raising our children and our young people to follow Jesus because we want them to be world changers one day. And the way that we do that is by actually putting a lot of input into that. We really believe in that. So family, that's really important. Secondly, something else that is in this statement is this idea about identity. It doesn't say it explicitly. It doesn't use uh, the kind of, well, it does actually. It does use the word identity, and it's explicit in it, um, and it's also implicit as well. But we are called to uh, think about our identity as sons and daughters of the living God. Okay, God wants you to grow in your identity as a son or a daughter of the living God. Look, this is so important in our culture, so important in our culture. I say this a lot because I think it's really important. I think you need to be reminded of it a lot. You see, every message that you hear in the culture around you, and this is genuinely true, that every message you hear is that you can find your identity in just being who you are. Be who you are, but the most of the time we don't actually really know who we are. Um, and, and, and actually people end up questioning things like their gender, their sexuality, their, you know, even questioning their social standing or their position and blaming things in life based on that. Actually, we often don't know who we are. And when we try and find our identity in that stuff, it fails us anyway. But actually what we need to do is we need to find our identity in Jesus. So here's a good scriptural example of this. So Jesus, Jesus, meets, uh, Jesus is talking to Peter, Matthew 16. And uh, Jesus says... Simon Peter, who do, who do you say? Sorry, Simon, who do you say I am? And, and, and Simon says, you're Christ the Messiah, the son of the living God. Okay? And it's like at that point, Peter's having this revelation of who Jesus actually is. Peter's saying, you are the Messiah. He's, having, he's almost having a conversion experience. And from that point on, what does Jesus call Simon? He calls him Peter. He says, you're the rock on which I'm going to build my church. And it's at that moment, it's like God gives Peter a new identity. And so actually, when we come to Jesus, when we come to him, when we, have, when we meet him for the first time, he gives us a new, a new identity. You will find your identity best in Jesus. And as you grow in that identity, as you grow in your identity as a child of the Father, the bolder that you'll become in living life, the, the, the bolder you'll become in living a life dedicated to following him and sharing the news of the kingdom around you. So there are those first two things, family and identity. Thirdly, I, look, we want to equip and empower and see that you are called in life. You are called. Did you know that there is a calling on your life? God has called you for purpose. Every single one of you is called by Jesus. He has brought you into creation for purpose. Maybe for you, you see your life as relatively meaningless. God has meaning for your life. God has value for your life. 
Your life isn't meaningless. You are important to God. He's placed gifts and talents in your life to bless and serve those around you. Because you're made for community. So you're made to be an important part of the, the jigsaw puzzle of community. God's put stuff in you that can help shape and grow other people. He's put stuff in you. You are talented in your own way, each one of us. And it doesn't matter about your past. See, some of us get so caught up on our past, we don't allow God to shape our future. We, we get so caught up on what, on what happened in our past. Maybe we get caught up on the you know, things that happened to us when we were young, when we were children, and we blame people around us for that. But actually, look, God wants you to, God wants you to propel you into a future with him. God wants you to let go of your past and, and show you an amazing future with him. And so actually, we can, we can get so caught up on the past that we then don't focus on who God has called us to be. And this is really important. You see, as a church, as a leadership, as elders, as those who preach the word to you, we don't want to just minister to you. Um, and I, let me just go into this. This is quite important. You see, Jesus encouraged Peter, the same Peter I just spoke about, at, at the end, at, at, when, as Jesus had a last conversation with Peter and John. He said to, to, to Peter, feed my sheep. Um, and as, as people who have been called to lead the church, so we were, you know, myself, Richard, my dad, Pete, we have been prayed for uh, by our apostolic oversight to lead the church. As people who are called to do that as our ministry to you, we see ourselves as under shepherds. Okay, so we're called to, to look after you, to care for you, to guide you in Jesus as the flock of Christ here as Gateway Church. And we want to do that as well as we can. So... Look, we want to teach you and encourage you in God's word and God's ways. But what's the best teaching that we can give you? As as under-shepherds to Jesus, what's the best way that we can guide you? The best teaching we can give you is not teaching that makes you reliant on us for your walk with Jesus, but instead equips and empowers you to be the person that God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do. That enables you to follow Jesus for yourself. Peter himself wrote this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You see, we want you to be equipped to be able to give the answer for the hope that you have inside of you. We don't want you to, when you get that question, why are you a Christian, to have to feel like you need to phone one of us to go, why am I a Christian? We want you to be able to have that knowledge yourself, to be equipped in that knowledge yourself to be able to tell other people about Jesus. You see, Peter's method of feeding Jesus' sheep. Now, Jesus, when we talk about sheep, we're talking about people, by the way. Jesus didn't have like this flock of animals following around. We're talking about people. Jesus, Peter's method in feeding the disciples, in, in feeding them in terms of their growth spiritually, wasn't spoon-feeding them bits of theological knowledge on a Sunday morning. That is not what Peter did. He didn't raise disciples that were solely reliant on his ministry to them either. We don't want to do that. And that might be a change for some of us who maybe have experienced maybe a small church where you, you have complete access to the minister for every part of your life and they pop round to your house for a cup of tea weekly to see how you're getting on. Look, we, we, one, we don't have the capacity to do that because of the size of the church. But secondly, I don't think that equips you or empowers you to live for Jesus. You see, our heart is to equip and empower you, to release you, to instruct and teach you to be able to find the answers and be confident in living out the gospel, and be ready to share the gospel with whoever you can. And so the way that we do that often is through our groups. And so it's, it's no mistake that our groups are being launched this morning. Look, our groups are a, a way of you being able to be equipped to be a disciple of Jesus. They enable you to find community with other Christians. 
They enable you to go on mission with other Christians from the church to non-Christians, and they enable you to be equipped with all that you need to follow Jesus. That's why we do our groups in the way we do them, because we want to equip and empower you to be a disciple. So I've just kind of talked a little bit about this already, but what is our plan for, accompany, for accomplishing this mission? How do we want to do it? Well, look, I've kind of talked a little bit around this, but let me just go through a few bullet points quickly. Look, we, we need to help you find your identity in Christ. Freedom in Christ is a brilliant course to do if you want to consider your identity in Jesus. So if that's, if that's you, if you've never done freedom in Christ, it's an opportunity to think about your past, as I said earlier on, and actually almost let go of it, give it to Jesus so that you can be propelled into your future with him. Freedom in Christ is a fantastic opportunity in terms of considering your identity. So that's the first thing, help you find your identity. We want to teach you how to hear from God through his word and through his spirit. So we do that on Sunday mornings when we preach to you. We also do that at our prayer meetings. Who was at the prayer meeting on, on Thursday night? There was a few of us there. I mean, there were 60 people there on Thursday night. It was great. It was really good. Thank you for those who came. But please, can I encourage you, if you weren't able to be there Thursday, maybe you're going to be able to be there this Wednesday with us as we pray. Because that's a great opportunity, not only to pray, but also to be equipped in learning how to pray. Okay? Because as we pray with other Christians, we learn how to pray ourselves. And so it's a really important opportunity for you. We want to equip you to share the kingdom of God with those around you. Why do we do missional groups? We do missional groups because it's so much easier if you've got two, three, four non-Christians in a group of 15 Christians and you're, talk, you're doing crafts together to talk about your faith and it is going out on your own somewhere and telling somebody about Jesus. It's far easier to actually go out on mission together. You know, Jesus sent out the 72. He sent them out in pairs. It's easier to do mission together with other people. That's why we do missional groups. We want our groups to have an outward focus about sharing Jesus with people. We want to equip you in that. And we want to enable everybody in our community to build strong and lasting relationships and be part of the church family. It's so important that you feel like you can belong in this church. It really is. You know, belonging is so important in life. We want you to feel like you belong here. And one of the primary ways, as I've already said already, but the primary way that you can feel like you belong is by signing up for a group. Okay? We want to make sure that you are connected with on a Sunday morning, but there is also an onus on you as an individual. If you don't feel like you've connected with people at Gateway, maybe, maybe we've already given you the opportunity you can, you, can, you can have to do that. You don't need to wait for an invite to go to a group. Just sign up for one. Okay? And you will find a really amazing, hospitable, welcoming people there, and you'll make friends. Okay? So I just encourage you in that today. So groups is really, really important, but also Sundays is really important as well. So groups, group life, church life during the week, all of these things are fulfilled through our group life and our church life together. But Sundays are also incredibly important. And obviously you're here this morning, so you may well know the importance of meeting with other Christians on a Sunday. But the writer to the Hebrews said, don't give up the habit of meeting together. Okay? Because it is important that we meet together with one another. We hear God through his word spoken to us, through his word when we read the Bible. We hear God through, as we pray, we, 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 hear, we hear God through the Holy Spirit's voice to us. But also we hear God through other, other Christians around us. Okay, You will hear God in your life and see God at work in your life as you engage with other Christians. You will grow in Christ as you engage with people who are more mature in Christ than you are. That's how you grow in God. So if you don't come to church, then you're not going to have that opportunity. 
And so just encourage you, maybe, maybe your New Year's resolution this year is to come to church every week. Maybe that's the, I'm, no, I'm, what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to listen to what he said and I'm going to turn up to church every Sunday. See, church is a really important opportunity for us to gather, to worship Jesus, but also to, to demonstrate what we believe to people who might come in from outside. This is a shop window. You know, you could turn up from Ashford, town centre on a Sunday morning, come straight in here, and, and, I, and I'm hopeful that you would hear the gospel being preached. I'm hopeful that you'd hear the message of salvation being preached to you. Top window for, for those who aren't Christians. So important. So that's our mission statement. Can we just go back to it again? Can we go back to the mission statement slide? Is that all right? Our mission statement. To grow a family of believers who are passionate about loving God and his presence, that are securing their identity as his sons and daughters, that are filled with his Holy Spirit, each one partnering with Jesus daily in extending the kingdom. That's our mission. We want to do that. That's our mission. We want to change Ashford by seeing this happen in people's lives. But what's our vision statement then? Well, look, before I actually get there, let me give you some verses that back up what I'm about to say. So let me read you these two things. Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him this question to test him. Teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. So there's two things that I just want to pull out there. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said, didn't he? Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbour as yourself. What's the third thing I want to say is this. It comes from Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It's our mandate as Christians. It's this. And Jesus came to them and said this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. So we've got three things. If we include the first two points and this point, we've got three things. Loving God with all your heart, loving your neighbour as yourself, and go and make disciples of all nations. So let's just briefly maybe kind of rework this into, can we put up this vision statement? There's some, most of you might may have heard me speaking about this before. It's nothing new, really. This is our, no, sorry, our vision statement, which is love God, love each other, and love the world. Love God, love each other, love the world. We want to be a community that does those three things in everything we do. So when we meet on Sunday mornings, these three things should be happening. We should be loving God as we worship together. We should be loving one another as we have coffee with one another afterwards, as we serve one another's children, as we uh, allow people to share what God's put on their hearts. And we should also be loving the world. We should be welcoming visitors into our presence. We should be equipping one another for mission during the week. In your personal life as a Christian, we want to teach you to do these three things. We want to teach you to be a person that loves God, loves other Christians, and loves the world around you. When, when we use the word the world, I'm not expecting every, every one of us to go out and do mission to the farthest reaches of the nation. Some of you may well do that, and that would be fantastic. But look, what we're hoping for is that actually you see your world as every time you step out of your house or every time you get out of bed in the morning. That's your world, and you're called to love it and care for it, and tend for it. So as, as a church, we want to do these three things. And these three things are underpinning everything we do. You see, you will have heard this several times before, and some, have, some people laugh at it because it's a bit of kind of jargon, but up, in, and out. 
Yeah, we talk about this a lot. We want to do those three, that triangular thing of up, in, and out. This is what this is. Up, love God. In, we love one another. Out, we love the world around us. Okay? So our vision statement is hopefully clear and memorable. I'm sure that I, I, I can remember it, so I'm sure you can as well, because my memory is pretty dreadful. We want to we love God, love each other, and love the world around us. Okay? That's what we're called to do as a church. Love God, love each other, love the world. And so you remember this, we've had, I've had some cards printed and they're going to be available at the door so you can take them with you and pop it in your Bible like a bookmark and then you can just remember that. Okay? It's going to have the mission statement on one side and this vision statement on the other. Just a little reminder to you about what I've said this morning. But lastly, before I finish, look, I just want to talk about multiplication because multiplication is a really important biblical concept. And um, I think it's important that we talk about this just before I, I, I close. So at the beginning of human history, God gave... Adam and Eve, a, ta- a, a mission. He said, go forth and multiply. And they probably enjoyed that task. He said this, God created man in his own image. The image of God, he created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the whole earth. Of the early church, we also find that God multiplied their numbers. We've just done Acts together. And it says this, Acts 6, 7, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Acts 9, 31 said, The church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up, and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Acts 12, 24, But the word of God increased and multiplied. Look, we want to continue multiplying as a church. What do I mean by that? I don't mean, I don't mean that uh, we're going to all of a sudden put on a third meeting. So please don't hear what I'm not saying in this. But what I am saying is that we have this intention of multiplication with everything we do as a church. So when we went to the second meeting, it was an opportunity to multiply ministry. So we've got people leading worship now in the church and in the worship team who weren't in the worship team 12 months ago. Am I right in that, Andy? That's true, isn't it? We've got people anchoring on a Sunday morning who didn't anchor a year ago. We've got people doing children's work who didn't do children's work a year ago. We've got people serving in different areas of church who weren't doing that a year ago. We are multiplying, gifting, and serving as a church. And that's really important. And we all need to have that mindset. And so why I'm saying this is important is that you need to try and uh, have the mindset of rather than holding on to your own talents, try and train other people in them. So if God's given you a gift of doing children's work, Adam Cooper... How can you train other people in that gift? How can you multiply your gifting into the life of somebody else? If you're a gifted worship leader, like, like Debbie, yeah, how can Debbie multiply her gifting into somebody else? We're called to multiply our gifting. Okay, that's how we multiply. And look, we're also called to multiply in terms of our numbers as well. And so actually we have continued to grow as a church and we want to continue to make space for growth as a church. And one of the things that I wrote to you at Christmas about, and I'll just just say it again now, our long-term aim is that we all will meet at the Riverside Centre and that we will all be meeting there every Sunday morning. And we are looking at options about making that happen. But however we make that happen, we want to keep making sure that we allow room for growth as a church. The, the, the thing is, is that if a room gets too full, new people don't feel like they're needed. We want to make sure that there's room for people to feel like they are able to be involved. Okay, so multiplication is just really, really important. And it's something that I will talk about more in the future. It's not because we want to just build a big church. 
It's not about that at all. It's actually God's heart for us that we continue to multiply. We continue to grow in God's. We continue to grow and share our, share our, um, our gifting with other people. It's so important. So as we close this morning, let me just remind you of a few things. Uh, groups. I'm going to say it again because it's really important. I'm hoping that what I've said today will enable you to go and sign up for a group today. Okay? Don't leave it until the week of the sign-up's closing to sign up for a group. Get involved and get signed up quickly. You know, if you want to show that you're being teachable, go and just do it. Go and get yourself signed up to a group. Debbie um, Burgess and um, uh, Debbie and Peter worked really hard on getting these groups together for this term ahead. Um, it would be great to see as many of you as possible engage in some of them. Maybe for some of you, you need to engage in some Bible study this term. Maybe you've done, uh, you know, had fun and done activity groups for the last two terms. Maybe this term for you is about, I'm going to get deeper into God's word. So think about what group is good for you as we go into this term ahead. But the way that you can connect with this church is by getting involved in a group. Um, a, a, a very selfish plug is that we are running a connect group this term. Claire and I, um, Rachel and Becca and James are going to run a connect group. And that connect group is for, for you. If, you don't, if you've started coming along to church recently and you don't feel like you can connect in anywhere else, come along to that group. Come and get to know us. Um, if you meet somebody during the term ahead who's just started coming, invite them to that group because there's no closure date on it. So it means you can always keep connecting in with it. Okay? We really want you to feel like you can be part of this family. We want you to feel like you can be part of the mission that God's given us as a church. And we want to give you as many ways to do that as possible. So just, just again, just that selfish plug for that, but also for group sign-ups. As we close down our time together, I just want to pray for you that God blesses you in the year ahead, that equips you in some of the things that I've spoken about this morning, and that gives you that sense of the Holy Spirit's guidance as to what area you need to grow in in God as we hit this new season. Amen? So can we invite the worship team up? I'm going to pray quickly. Lord Jesus, I, I thank you that you build your church. Um, we don't build your church, you build your church. Um, but Lord, we, you've called us, you've given us a mission to grow and build people. You said, you said go forth and make disciples of all nations. You've called us to grow people. And so we want to grow people well here at Gateway. Lord, I want everybody in this room to feel equipped and empowered to be part of our church community, but also to be able to be a disciple of Jesus, to be able to go and change the world that they see around them. Lord, I pray that every member of this church would make a journey this year, Lord, further and deeper into you and your presence and calling over their lives, but also a journey in terms of faith. Lord, that they would step out in new ways this year, whether that's just joining a group, coming and bringing a word on a Sunday morning, getting involved in a ministry area. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would take a step forward in our commitment to following you. Lord, we want to grow disciples. And I pray for each one of us in this room now that, Lord, if there's an area that you need to speak to us about, about our discipleship, whether that's our identity, whether that's um, uh, living in the past, whether that's not wanting to connect with other Christians, whether that's uh, trying to go it alone. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you would speak to us about those things now. And Lord, I pray that as we worship together this morning, Lord, that there would be a sense of unitedness. There would be a sense of community and family. Lord, that we are called together, not as individuals, but as a family. Lord Jesus, I pray for each one of us that you would enable us to do that over the term ahead. Amen.